Yeah, I can bring it up because I think I'm like, when is this one going up? If people aren't listening to it live. Friday. So not too far from now. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. All right, so uh, I'm all set if you are. Yeah, I'm ready. Awesome. Okay, so let me get the timestamp. <clears throat> Clear my throat one last time, hopefully. And beginning in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and thank you for... What do I usually say? Hello? Man. Wow. That's the second time this week in two days. Um, that'll be a blooper for sure. So let me try that again. Jesus. You think I've done this before? Okay. Stay with the strip, do you? Script. Okay. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Shelby. Shelby, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Steve? <laughs> a little tongue-tied. I couldn't even get the intro again for a second time this week, so maybe it's time for a nap. I don't know, but um, thanks for uh, being patient and, and hopping on. And um, It's weird because, I, I, like I said, I could have sworn I'd interviewed you at some point. Um, I know I didn't, but I think you've either just been mentioned enough or just on my radar so much that I just feel like it's been done and um before we get too far um how do you say your last name because i know i've I, i've mispronounced it several times already just these this pronoun- alone oh, it's okay i mean everyone mispronounces it it's super common to mispronounce but it's how you pronounce it it's grimness so it's g-r-i-m and then n-e-s a lot of people miss the n and so they think it's grimes see i i'm glad i didn't even try it because i would have gone um Grimeness. So I still would have screwed it up. So I'm glad um, I didn't try. So, yeah. I mean, I grew up playing hockey and like no announcer, like on polar ice or whatever. Like, whenever I'd score a goal or get an assist, they just like destroy my last name. So I'm totally like used to it. I've heard it said wrong so many different ways. You're like, thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, Well, thanks for clearing that up. And um, hopefully from now on, I'll say it correctly. I actually wrote it Grimness. in like two separate letters so or words um oh cool looks like we got some people on the stream joining us uh oh gee i wonder who body by brenda could be oh word could it possibly be brenda kramer yeah so she says uh tell shelby my cats are excited to see her so that's cool yep um well oh good i'm also a professional cat sitter on top of a photographer the other stuff i do so if you're in la you need your cat babysit I have services. Go go to you. Nice. Yeah. I love cats. I am not going to talk about my cat. So, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll probably, maybe we'll sidebar later on, but um, cool. Well, I guess if, uh, if you're tuning in on the live stream, welcome. Um, go ahead and submit your questions um, if you wish, but we'll go ahead and just go with uh, the scripted ones. So I guess first and foremost, for those that may not know you or um, are hearing you for the first time, uh, what team, I guess, is it safe to say, do you currently play for? Like, assuming we had an actual season, uh, let's start there. So what team are you known for? Um, I'm known for playing, like, on the women's side, I play for Aztecs, who are based out of Los Angeles. And then for co-ed, I was going to play with Hive. And as far as I know right now, we're still going to play whenever that day comes. Um, so I play for Hive and co-ed and then Aztecs for women's. Nice. 
Yeah, I heard about Hive. Um, I don't want to get into how much of a disappointment this year has been, um, but part of that disappointment was just like how awesome some of these teams, these brand new teams were going to come out and being able to talk about those. But um, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll go into like some of the recaps or precaps for the like the original NDI tournament that happened, I think, in January or February. But um, what uh, what number are you? Uh, number 22. Uh, what's the reason for that? Um, so I played hockey growing up and I played like house league, like in Arizona, they like have house league and they have like different levels. And once you enter, I think they've changed it recently, but like when you would enter peewee, that's when you could start doing slap shots and checking people. And I was like one of the only girls that played in the league and I would get like destroyed by the dudes. Like they just like check me every chance they had. And my dad didn't like it, so he pulled me out of the league and uh, polarized. They, like, made an exception to the, the rule to play women's league um, and changed the age so I could play. And so they just kind of gave me a jersey. And it was the first time I couldn't pick my own number. And it was number 22, and I liked it, so I just kind of stuck with it. Hmm. So I forgot, you're, you're from Arizona initially, right? Yeah, I was born in Utah, and I lived there for, like, two years. And then my parents moved to Arizona when I was two and I just grew up in Chandler. And so I moved to Los Angeles like nine years ago. Gotcha. And how do you, like, how'd you get into hockey living in the freaking desert? Just curious. I went to a Coyotes game. My neighbor had tickets and he couldn't go and he gave my dad the tickets. My dad took me and I like was stoked on it. And I like found the games on TV. I think like at the time they were on like three TV or whatever that station was. And so I just like watched the games and, um so there was no ice near me yet but there was like a place in Chandler like a roller rink that had like a youth league that my dad got me involved in and then the year after that they opened up polar ice in Chandler I think it's called the ice ice den now um and I just like started playing like uh I don't know if like anyone from like people from Arizona they might recognize her name but I played with this girl named Lindsay Fry growing up like me and her just like played every league together and she kept playing and I didn't like she went off to play like on the Olympic team. Um, but yeah, I just kind of got into it from like meeting her at the, like the roller, um, league. And then when I, like when they built polar ice, they just like her dad signed her up and he like convinced my parents to let me play. And so I just like played for like 13 years after that. That's cool. So Coyotes game got you into it. And then um, I think you said you played for a house league. Yeah. So like in hockey, there's like different levels. There's like for youth, like you could play for a travel team if you make it um, or you can just play locally. And I played locally and they called it house league. So it's pretty much just like you would play, you'd have one game a week and one practice a week and there'd be like six other teams in the league. And I think you'd play like 20 games a season or whatever. So it was like very like, it's probably the equivalent of like rec dodgeball. Um, And then I did play, I got like recruited to play travel through like other, like the Arizona selects, which is like a girl team. And then the lady coyotes at one point, but hockey is extremely expensive. So my parents didn't really want to like pay for it. So I just like played house league the whole time or like the little rec leagues that polarize offered. Gotcha. So I'm assuming you don't play anymore or or haven't since or, like just no, I played. Or... Um, the last time I played was like probably when I was in the seventh grade. Um, 
or no, sorry, uh, like right before my freshman year of high school. Uh, I played in the same league that Tina plays in. Like okay. her teammate actually is the one that like helped like uh, this Mindy Finch, I think. She like changed or like she's the one that like made it so I could play in the league and like gave me a bunch of gear because I didn't play for two years and like um and I outgrew all the gear I had. So like Mindy gave me a bunch of gear and just like got me back into it and I played on her team and that's how I got like the number twenty two jersey and stuff. And so um that's like uh the league I played in. Gotcha. That's cool. And see, that's why I like to ask like um the the reason behind why people have certain numbers. Um sometimes it's as simple as like, no, just like the number. But in your case it kind of just opens up a lot of uh a lot of avenues, I guess. And I was wondering if that's if you had any um similarities to where Tina plays. Um so that's cool. Um I have to ask, I can't help myself, sorry, but do you like the Mighty Ducks movies? Yeah. Um okay. I love them. Like I don't like the third like the first and the second one I love. I didn't really like the third one that much, but like, uh, I think number two was my favorite growing up. Thank you. D2. Yeah, yeah I was a huge fan of D2. I, I watched that movie every single day when it first uh, came out on video on VHS, and uh, I thought three was pretty good. I just, it just felt very different, but um, I do like the entire series. Um, how would you, how would you rank them? Um, D2. And then the original Mighty Ducks and then D3, just because D2, I think the reason why I liked it is because I think it came out around the same time the movie Brink came out that was on Disney Channel. And I was just getting into like inlining like at the time. And so there's like the beginning of D2 where they're like, I forget what city they're in, but they're like roller skating through the city and they like roll down all these stairs and they're like jumping stuff. And I thought it was so cool to like, that's the only reason why I picked D2 over D1. Nice. Yeah, I think it was the, I think they're in Minnesota and it was the, the, the mall in Minneapolis, maybe, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I was actually thinking about that scene uh, the other day. Um, I forgot. I think it was just like walking to the parking lot at work. And I just remember that one scene where they're skating by the, um, was it the Blackhawks, the, the, the bad team from the first one? And they're like, I'm, I'm getting way into the woods. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about that one scene. And then uh, I just remember thinking, man, those kids like Fullerton and the other big guy were so big back then. But I mean, imagine if I watched it now, they probably look like like children. But um, so in addition to hockey and inlining, um, what what else? What other sports did you play growing up? Um, I mainly only played hockey until I got into middle school. And then I started playing softball. Um, and I played softball for a couple of years. Uh, I didn't like my best friend was trying out for the team and I had never played like organized softball before and her like dad convinced me to like try out for the team too and I ended up being like the first person picked or whatever like when they give you the list like my my name was like the first one and um I just like played first base because I'm left-handed and like was I guess really good at it like straight out and so I played that for a couple of years but then um in high school I like grew up like so I started inline skating and then I got into skateboarding and at the time I like was super into skateboarding and hockey and didn't really care about anything else so when I got into high school I didn't want to try out for the freshman team um so I just stopped playing softball and just like kind of I think I stopped playing hockey too at that point I just started like focusing on like skateboarding and action sports and stuff 
Gotcha. And is that what you do as a, as a profession? Like I, I know it's a lot of photography around, um, skateboarding, skating. Um, did that kind of bleed into that or like, how did, how'd you get involved in, in that? So like I grew up, so like I said, I grew up skateboarding and like I started skateboarding like sixth grade and by the time high school rolled around, all my friends were like really good at it. And I wasn't cause I didn't like falling. Like I didn't like getting hurt. And so my friends were progressing and I wanted to like find something to like keep me relevant within like the friend group. And I watched a ton of skateboard, like skateboard videos, like growing up. And so I was like, Oh, I want to start filming like my friends skate. And my parents got me a video camera and I did that for a bit. And then I took my mom's like little, like the, when the point and shoots like first came out, like digital ones, she let me take it to like a demo, like a skateboard demo that the flip skateboards did at Tempe skate park. And I like just took a bunch of pictures with it and like fell in love with it. And I never gave her the camera back. I just kind of <laughs> kept it. And so I just started shooting like photos, like when I was probably like 14, 15 years old. And I just like got really good at it. Like I started, like I bought a better camera and then I got like flashes for lighting and like different lenses. And I just like, talked to annoyed every single skateboard photographer in the state of Arizona that I could like contact to learn how to like shoot photos. And then, um, I got into photography, like they're taking photos of scooters and that's what I do for work. So like, for those who aren't familiar with it, like just imagine like a razor scooter, but someone doing like crazy tricks on it and stuff like backflips, front flips, stuff like that. Um, I met a bunch of like scooter riders at the skate park and I took photos of them and there was like no other photographers like in the sport at the time other than like a few and there's only like one who was like in the States and then there was like a few international photographers and I just like kept shooting photos and then the, the scooter industry like got bigger and that got me like work like when they started like when company when more companies started coming around because there's only like razor and then like micro but then like new scooter companies started coming up and they wanted to hire a photographer to shoot photos and so since i was like the only one whose photos they would see i got hired for it and that just kind of like kept me afloat up until the pandemic really like well i was gonna say that's really cool up until you said that last line um but prior to that last night, that's awesome. So you, you kind of just, um, like you said, you, you decided you don't really like falling as much, but you still want to be involved. So you found a way to do so. And it ended up being a way for you to actually make a living. Um, just by, I guess, being like a pioneer of, of, um, you said, um, scooters, is that what they're called? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. I always wonder how you got into that. Um, it just, you always struck me as somebody that's just very active and, um, I hope we don't take this the wrong way, but you always seem like the skater type. So it's like, okay, cool. That just makes sense. looks like she just, that's her profession. And, um, so I was curious, like how you got involved. Um, good. Oh yeah. I was gonna say, I just got involved cause like, uh, I was, it was just, I love doing it and it was fun. And I like, it was a like, I don't know, like when you're young and you're trying to figure out what you're good at, like I wasn't good at a lot of things other than playing hockey, but like in softball, and when I found like photography, that was just like, oh, I'm like really good at this and people like what I do. And like people are telling me I can make a living doing it like at a young age. Like I remember my yearbook teacher, like when I was 16, like 
gate like sat me down it was just like stop giving your photos to people for free and like start charging and like so i did and like i was able to move to la because of it like it just all worked out like super well and it was because like growing up and like skateboarding and like i got to shoot a ton of skateboarding too which was like super rad like i gotta shoot with like a bunch of pro skaters i look up to once and like that was super rad so um I'm just extremely lucky to like kind of follow that path and like have it work out. That's really cool. And I I think, um, I mean, it sounds like you put the work into it though. When you said you pretty much harassed every single, you know, skateboard photographer in Arizona. Um, you just, did you have any like hesitation in approaching people that you didn't even know and asking them like, Hey, how do you, how do you do this? Or like, how'd you, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was shy growing up and like I was always afraid to talk to people but like I also grew up with the internet or like the beginning of the internet and like online forums were such a thing when I was like a teenager and so every industry like had a forum and I remember like there was one in Arizona called like Skate AZ and I would post all my skate photos in there and like ask for help and like there was a few photographers I would go to my local park who I looked up to and they would just like like they were the ones that would like I would be with the like they would like hang out with me and like watch me shoot and like I'd send them all my photos and stuff on like MySpace and they would tell me like how what I could improve on or like what equipment I should get and I just like was persistent about it and like I also like bothered the heck out of my parents to like buy me stuff for photography because I really wanted to do it um but yeah like I was just like super annoying, but, and like, I hope I didn't annoy them, but, uh, they were always down to just like help me out and like give me pointers and stuff. Well, obviously it worked. I mean, if you're, if it fed into what you are now, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And, um, I, I would just imagine, or I would just advise anybody that's listening, if they want to pursue something, just, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, you never know how far you can go by, by just asking questions and, and being, uh, persistent about it. But, um, I did kind of want to ask too, I mean, so how has, I mean, how has COVID, like, how have you been? I mean, COVID 2020, it's been an insane year. Uh, we're mid, midway through October. I mean, what, what have you been doing to kind of cope, I guess, or, or pass the time? At first, like it was, it sucked. Like when, like when everything kind of shut down, like literally the day before round one, like I was looking forward to round one so much and like, so the initial like disappointment of COVID like really sucked and made it seem really bad. And then the first couple of weeks of it were just terrible. Like, but I, I got let go right at the beginning of COVID. So like I worked for a company, I was uh, a team manager for like a scooter company. Like I managed all their athletes. And since there was no more traveling or no more contests, there was really no need for my job. And so they let me go and it was before there was like any like hope for unemployment. So I started working for Uber Eats and Postmates and that kept me really busy. Like the first couple of weeks of, uh, of COVID and in the company I worked for, they all, they also like hooked me up with a, a severance package. So I got paid for like two months after I got let go. So even if I could, like, I couldn't get unemployment for at least two months. So I kind of just like worked Uber as much as I could. Right. And then, um, so that kept me busy. And then once I stopped doing that, it got uh, lonely for a bit, but, uh, like working out with Brenda, like 
did me and Brenda like work out every other day it felt like when we can start like she can start training again and that kept me sane um and then just like I bought a beach cruiser like Tyler Greer sold me a beach cruiser for like 50 bucks and that thing's been a lifesaver just been riding it around my neighborhood like every day um and I think now um I've gone to, I went to Arizona a couple times to see my parents uh just because they like I don't really see anyone so I'm not worried about like spreading COVID um so I went to visit them a couple times, went to Seattle for a bit. So I've been okay. Like it finally kind of caught up with me the last um, few weeks. Like I had like some like emotional stuff happen, not trying to go deep, but like just had something that like kind of like bummed me out a lot. And I like realized then I was like, I really miss dodgeball because like, it's like when you play dodgeball, like two to three times a week, like, it's a really good way to, like, get your mind off stuff. And, like, that's when I was just, like, dang, like, 2020 sucks. COVID sucks. Like, it's an election year. So, there's so, like, you don't even want to go on Facebook anymore. And then, like, and I can't play dodgeball. I get to sit at home and watch Netflix all day. But I can be better. But I'm just, like, dealing with it. You yeah. know, kind of accepting it that it'll be like this for a bit longer. Yeah, I want to say, like, hopefully not too much longer. But at the same time... I mean, Arizona, we had a, like a whole relapse. Um, I think we were like, we reopened for like two weeks and then the increase happened, I think like in August and we just got set back. And then it's just, um, yeah, I mean, every, every time you go on Facebook or watch the news, it's just one um, controversial thing over a tragedy over another after another after another. It's just been relentless. And um, I don't know if that's, if it's always been like that and we're just more attuned to it because we don't have these outlets like we used to like work or dodgeball or just something to keep your, our minds occupied. But, um, I mean, I would say I'm pretty obsessed with dodgeball. Um, you know, with the whole ballistic thing and podcasting, that's, that's a fair statement. Um, not having it has been interesting. Um, and that's one thing I, I, I want, it's not like that. I like to ask other people. It's just, it's, it's kind of, um, I don't want to say cathartic, but it just kind of helps to, you know, talk to other people and see how they're doing and what their coping mechanisms have been. And, um, this podcast has been really helpful, uh, cause at least I've been able to keep that part going, but, um, yeah, not having an entire season sucks and just seeing, um, just all this uncertainty has been, been kind of rough, but, um, I guess we'll go back to lighter things like dodgeball. So, um, what, what cut you into it to begin with? And do you remember when? Um, yeah, I was playing. Or so I worked at a scooter shop in Culver City, California, and my boss's brother, I think, played in WeHo, and he convinced my boss to like get all of us to play on a corporate team at West LA, which is a WDS league. And so I was like, of course I'm down because I played in high school, like, but like in PE because I. In high school, I didn't do freshman PE. I, like, was smart, and I waited until my senior year and did it because it's a lot easier. Or <laughs> just, like, you play dodgeball the whole time, pretty much. And they have, like, a, a, like, a staff versus student dodgeball game. And, like, I got to play in it. So when my boss was like, do you guys want to play dodgeball? I was like, oh, I'm totally down. Like, this is going to be super fun. And then we show up, like, the first day, and, like, there's people in knee pads and, like, taping their fingers. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? like this is like they're taking this super seriously there's people yelling at each other like what is going on and i 
Tori Thompson played on our team and Ashley Guevara were like the two people, like veterans that were placed on our team. And so I got to learn from them and I just like kind of had fun the first like two seasons. And then I stopped playing because my boss, like no one wanted to keep doing it. And I was away for a summer and I had, I got home and I was just like, yo, that like dodgeball was really fun. And I was at a point in my life where I was like, I need to start doing new things and meeting new people. Like what I had going on around me was not so much stale. It was just like, I need something new. And so I was like, I'm going to go back and play dodgeball. And I like hit up Tori and he put me on his team. And then that's when I like took it seriously is when I went back after the, like, after playing with the corporate team, because the corporate team, like, didn't take it seriously at all. It was, like, immediately get the ball, throw it away, like, yell if you got hit out, like, so when I got to play with Tori, like, after I came back, after two seasons, uh, is when, like, it, that's when it started for me. Gotcha. I think I'm starting to piece together why I thought I'd interviewed you before, because uh, I remember uh, Ashley had mentioned to you, way earlier this season and then so did Tori. And then I think I made a, made a mental note then to bring you on and, and kind of get your perspective on it. So um, there's that, but also I think it's hilarious that a lot of people associate leagues where players are wearing knee pads as now it's serious. Like what, what, what do you mean? What's going on here? Um, I thought this was just like for fun dodgeball. And um, I was going to say what, uh, what year was this roughly? Did this it was happening? so I think it was like the first time I played at the first league, like with the corporate team, was fall of 2016. Okay. Gotcha. And why um so what 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 hooked you? Like what um why were you taking it seriously versus just for uh just for fun like the rest of your teammates? So um I wasn't very good at throwing when I first started playing. Like I just could not get power like under the ball and I liked playing corner because I felt like I was doing something. Um, but then, uh, honestly, it wasn't that it wasn't dodgeball itself that had me come back. It was more of the social aspect of it. Um, because like at the time I only really had work going on and then like my, like one group of friends, um, that I would hang out with. And it was kind of like, I need, like, I like how I'm meeting new people who, like, um, like, I'm in, like, I guess I'm sober and in recovery. And it was, like, my only friends in L.A. were either work-related or in recovery. And I was, like, I need, like, normal people in my life that, like, can help balance out everything. And, like, I'm meeting all these awesome people playing dodgeball who are, like, complete normies. And so I went and, like, was just, like, I want to hang out with these people and then I started taking it seriously when I came back and I started noticing I was getting good at catching. Like I would just like stand there and like someone would throw at me and I'd catch it. And then someone else would throw at me and I'd catch the ball and like people would freak out and like act like it was like the coolest thing ever. So I was like, okay, like I'm doing something and this is fun. Um, and then probably like a year after I came back, Tori had me play fit expo and that's when like i got to see like catch him play for the first time it was just like this dude is gonna take my head off and like all i wanted to do was catch his ball i don't think i ever did but like 
that's why I started taking it seriously was because like I found that I was good at one thing and I wanted to get better at another or like I wanted to get better just in general and I thought okay if I take it seriously like I'm gonna get a better player I'm just not gonna be that person in the corner like that has a that's just gonna catch you if you throw it or like I don't want to be known as that you want to be a more of a impact player I guess um have more of a role yeah nice so 2016 roughly um when did you hit the elite scene? Um, not until 2019. 2019. I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I only stayed playing West LA for the first, like, I want to say the first, like, when I say like fall 2016. So the first like three years I played or like roughly like three years, I only played West LA. So I only played one night a week. I only knew players from West LA. Um, I didn't know about elite. I didn't know about, like worlds or um you know i knew about udc because i saw it on youtube um but i didn't really know about anything else and then a bunch of players from west la were like you should come play westchester which is like more of a rec league than west la like west la is considered like as far as the big leagues go of like wds like it's more competitive um it's not like advanced foam competitive but it's it's right below it right um and then Westchester is just like more fun and like all my friends played. So I went and that's where I met Connor Lou and I saw him play and like, he was, I like never seen anyone play like that before, like the way that he plays. And, um, so I was like, Oh, like this is one of those like elite players people talk about given like I played on like, like Brie would like sub on our team when she didn't have a team for West LA. Like I remember playing with her and like, she was super good, but like, I think watching Connor play was the first time I saw someone I like recognized from like elite play. And then I learned that like a bunch of people from West LA played elite and that got me interested. And then Tori asked me in like 2018 or like November, 2018, if I wanted to play on Showtime for elite the next season. And I was down. I had no idea what elite was. Um, And I, at the time, I think the, the co-ed ball type was still 8.5 and I was like yeah whatever I'm down it sounds fun like it's just more dodgeball like I was completely addicted at that point <laughs> and so that's kind of how I got into it and then I uh I had like I got that's when like when Tori asked me that's when I was like all right I'm gonna take this seriously because like if all the serious players here play a lead and I have to be serious about it because if I'm not I'm not gonna play well and I like I'm competitive so like nice. obviously I wanted to play well. Did you uh did I meet you at Bells in twenty eighteen? Yeah, probably. Okay. So you did you did some of those tournaments prior to um Elite, right? Like the local ones, I guess. Yeah, like uh I did Fit Expo that August and then at Fit Expo someone asked me to be on their Bells team and then I played Bells and like that's when I was introduced to like serious dodgeball. Even nice. though I guess that tournament wasn't really considered serious, like uh, at the time like it felt pretty serious to me when i went because it was like my first real tournament and like Brittany masterell like took my head off when we played pop that so i took it as like a very serious tournament no i i mean watching it um i i i think maybe three-fourths of the teams were super serious um the finals was serious so um that was definitely i know it, it's supposed to be fun and, and for charity and all that stuff but um it definitely looked like a pretty pretty intense tournament so i definitely say that was very competitive and it was fun to watch and um i was trying to pinpoint it too when i like when i first saw you too i was like 
pretty sure I met you during um, Bells. But um, so you got to play 8.5. Um, I'm assuming you played Foam, No Sting. What uh, what ball is your favorite? Um, I never played 8.5 Elite. I like Tori just assumed it was going to be 8.5 Elite. Oh, gotcha. And then they changed the ball type. But I played 8.5 at like his practices, but I haven't played it. I guess I played it at Classic. Um, that's the only time I've ever played it. I didn't play 8.5 at Nationals just because I wasn't trying to get hurt. Um, but I played 8.5 and then a uh, seven-inch foam, eight and a quarter-inch foam, um, cloth, and no sting. But my favorite ball type is definitely seven-inch foam. Nice. What's uh? I'm trying to picture eight point. You said eight-inch foam. Yeah, so like in Seattle, at one of their leagues, they play like, I guess it's eight point two five foam. It's not eight and a half. It's eight point two five. They the... were like they cor- corrected me saying that. <laughs> of course, is that the Gator like... ball? What is that? Is that the the Gator ball? Do you remember by chance? I think I it... guess yeah. I don't know. It was massive. Yeah, I I remember that was my first foam experience, like back in two thousand five, and it was those are wild. And so seeing what um, USA Dodgeball uses now, like they just seem so tiny. Um, so yeah, I, I was just trying. I'm trying to picture like the size, but um, eight point two five. Excuse us, Seattle. Um, think you mad at us for saying it wrong. Um, so foam is your favorite. Um, we kind of talked about a little bit about your you're catching um and you said you wanted to have more of like an impact role so what what have you done to to kind of change that to to break out of the like the catching i don't want to say stereotype but the catching like mold um i just i think uh it was when i got like a couple elite rounds under my belt and i got kind of like i listened like you do your recaps and like i listen to them and people would like name drop me and be like oh she's super good at catching it's like i just don't want to be a catcher like i want to be like a full overall like i know i'm good and i can get better so um i'd started like hanging out with like uh brianna and karina and brenda and crystal and all them and uh i knew like brenda was a trainer and i mentioned that i wanted to start like working out and so she's like come work out with me and um i started working out with her like a couple times a week and just being like, I want to get better at dodgeball. Like, I want to have a stronger throw. I want to be faster. Like, I know I can catch. Like, um, but I want to get better at everything else because ultimately, like, I wanted to like try out for the like make the combine. Because I remember like in last year, um, like I didn't think I was good enough to make the combine. And then like by the time the combine was there, I was like, I should be there. Like, I didn't know my own potential until it was like too late, kind of, because I never put my name down to be considered. Um, so I like went in knowing like, I'm going to take this seriously. I don't want to be just a catcher. I want to be an overall good player. And like, so I just kind of started working out with Brenda. I started, um, like putting myself around like-minded players. Um, like that's why I left Showtime and why I, like I decided to play for Hive just because like, I love everyone on Showtime. They're a great team, but like, I wanted to like put myself around players with the same mindset of like wanting to be good and win and like so that's like kind of just the stuff i or things i did to like get better gotcha um so when, when you say that mindset like 
I'm assuming off the court where you're, you're putting time into the gym, you're practicing, you're going one step further than just playing, you know, at your local rec league as, as quote unquote practice. Right. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like I started playing, uh, like in LA, we have the advanced foam league and that's like six on six is WDBF rules. Um, so it's the like closest you can get to like the most competitive style of play. And like, I went and watched the worlds and like, it's, they're playing foam and they're playing WDBF rules. And like, if I want to be good and play on that stage, like that's what I'm going to have, like, I'm gonna have to learn and get better and like play like them to do that. Um, so I started playing in like the advanced league, started playing a lot more foam, not really care. Like I still care about no because it is like a ball type at elite. Um, but <clears throat> Uh, just like yeah, I started putting working off the court as well. Gotcha. What's what's it like working out with Brenda? It sucks. No, <laughs> um, she's great. Uh, I don't think I've thrown up yet. I've come close. Um, I remember like right before I started working out with her, like right when I started, Erica Schmidt was like, "You're gonna throw up." Like she made me throw up. She's gonna make you throw up. And I've definitely been close, but it's great. Like it's awesome. Like. I'm like very shy and I'm not very like, I'm like quiet and I'm afraid of people if I don't know them. And so like going to the gym was like terrifying for me. So I never went and like being able to work out with someone who I know, who I trust and like, won't like judge me. Like she's de- like, dude, she's awesome at that. Like there's no judgment whatsoever. She's always trying to like better you. Like if you have like bad thinking like, if you're, like, down on yourself, like, she'll try to snap you out of it. Um, and she plays dodgeball, and she's, like, she can, like, if you say, hey, I want to get better at throwing, like, she's going to know what workouts to do to get better at throwing or, like, movement and stuff. And so, like, I think, like, it's great. And also, she's, like, can be a therapist at the same time. Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, I've gone to her just, like, freaking out about something. And, like, we'll just sit there for, like, 30 minutes and talk about it in the workout. Nice. Yeah, she's awesome. I I can't like not talk to her and feel motivated in some way to just be better. And it's not like in a condescending way. It's just like she just pulls that out of you. And um, I remember listening to her interview when she was on the Ball Out podcast with Miles and Brett. And I was like, well, gosh darn it, I'm going to go do something awesome now because I have to. And um, yeah, Brenda's awesome for that. And uh, I think I've seen some stories where, you know, you're you're working out with her. I was like, well, good luck. (laughs) Like, Maybe one day I'll feel that, that pain and get close to that throwing up threshold. But, um, do you have moments where, uh, see, how can I phrase this question? Um, I want to say where we're like, okay. So wanting to basically convert from a rec league to, uh, the combine make team USA. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of moments where, you know, you seem like a very persistent person once you locked onto something. But do you ever have like challenges or slumps that you have to pull yourself out of? And what do you do to do that? Um, I mean, I think I'm in one right now with COVID. Like, because I was so like last year after like regretting not at least putting my name down. Like I knew that last year I wouldn't have made the team, like, or been anywhere close to making the team. But like after seeing the names on that, I was like, I deserve to be there with those people like, and just at least get looked at and, like, get to see what it's like. Um, I regretted not putting my name down. And, but, yeah, there's, like, there's definitely moments where I, like, I'll play, like, I won't play well at a tournament. And I'll be like, oh, like, I'm trash. Like, I need, like, I'm not going to make the team when really it's, like, 
just like little things I need to work on that will just improve my game and I can't like be hard on myself but I was so ready this year like I put in so much work with Brenda like um for she was working at like a gym for a bit like because I usually just work out at her house or at her parents house um but uh when she was working at the gym like they had everything like anything possible and like she would just like literally like put me through hell to like get me ready for uh round one and I was so ready like I felt like in really good shape I played super well at the NBI tournament like I felt really good at that tournament and I knew there was like I had so much more time to to put even like more work in and just to like literally like when they canceled round one and then like COVID just wasn't going away like that sucked because I was like I put in so much time so much effort to like be where I was at and not even get to play like and show like all the work that I put in over the last like six months or whatever it was and so that was like that's put me in a hole and like I like changed my workout routine a bit like I started lifting more recently um than like doing dodgeball related workouts just because there's really like no reason to like get into like that shape yet because it's but as soon as like time where it does like come up being like, Hey, it's time to like go, like I'm ready to get right back at it. Cause you know, you've been there already. So, you know, what I guess what that feels like to, to go through hell, um, for that purpose. Right. I imagine. Yeah. Like I, I think I might hesitate a bit more now knowing what I'm in for. Cause like before, <laughs> like, Oh my, I remember like Brenda, she'll text me at the beginning of the week or whatever to like plan my workouts. <laughs> and, um, and she'll be like, okay, you want to come in like Monday? I'm like, sure. And then she'll be like, Wednesday, Friday. And then someday she'll just be like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, you want to work out four times a week? You want to work out like three or how many times? And like, at first I'll just die. Like, uh, I hate running. Like, I suck at it. I get like shin splints doing it. And like, she'll just make me run like all the time. So I, th- I might hesitate a bit knowing that I'm going to get like my ass kicked, but, um, like I know that it's worth it at the end and like being in that good of shape feels really good. Yeah. I, um, so I started training with Ketchum's trainer last year. Um, mostly just to try to squeeze out whatever youth I might have left, uh, just cause I'd want to fall apart as soon as I turn 40 and, um, definitely not like Brenda, but, uh, this guy definitely understands what my goals are, what I'm trying to do for, for dodgeball. And, um, I dread every morning going to that gym, but I love the feeling coming out of it. I'm like, well, that's one down. And I remember talking to him because, uh, because we're slowly starting to be able to go back to the gym now with, uh, some of these COVID restrictions being, uh, lifted. And I just had this like realization that it, it just doesn't get easier. And I told him that, and I wasn't like, like complaining to him. I was just like, you know what, man, I, I just kind of realized one thing with you is like, you just, you don't make it easy. Like I can do something today that you know i struggled with last week but you're just gonna find something else and it's just never gonna let up and he's like yep <laughs> he just did like the way he just said it's like yeah no the the sooner people understand that the better off they'll be and uh it sounds like brenda's just like that where you can train for three months straight and she'll still find a way to uh to make you better and challenge you and that is definitely a mental um exercise as well it's like can i get through this um but it definitely helps when there's something at the end of the road, like a tournament or a season starting. So hopefully, you know, we'll 
we'll have like some kind of not, not not end goal, but you know, we'll find out. Okay, season starts in March. We're we're back at some kind of normalcy again. Because um, even talking to you about dodgeball is making me miss it a lot. I'm like, man, I, I I remember that feeling, and I was thinking back to when we had it was a precap for round one. I believe it was with you and Joe Coella, and it was just it was really exciting. Like we've got all this stuff that came over from 2019 into this year, and I never aired that episode because I think the day after um, I edited it, it, it was it was canceled. So I was like, oh well, it's probably just a it's like throwing sand in everybody's face if I if I drop that episode. Um, I'm curious now if I if I have that uh, stored away somewhere, but. Um, yeah, Brenda, if you're still listening, that that's you are a phenomenal human being and very motivating, even on your Instagram stories and when you're creeping on mine. Um, but anyway, we'll go into a couple of crowdsource questions. Um, before we do that, though, I want to kick it off with: um, Do you have a pregame ritual, or like a, I want to say um, superstitions? But what, what do you do before a tournament to get ready? Um. I usually make sure I'm always driving to the tournament because I have, like, I like to get there early. And if I don't get there early, I start stressing and it throws me off. So I like to get there early, like, um, like anywhere from like an hour to 45 minutes before the tournament starts just to give myself plenty of time. And I'll just like throw my AirPods in and I have like a playlist. I'll play. Um, I'm super into like post-hardcore emo music, like uh, Rand New, Taking Back Sunday, Under Oath, like stuff like that. So I just like, I'll have a bunch of that on mixed with like EDM and like maybe a few rap songs. Um, I'll just listen to that super loud so I don't hear anything else. And then just like stretch, uh, take my time stretching, um, change into whatever I'm going to wear for the tournament. And then uh, tape my fingers, that whole thing. And just like, I don't really throw or get thrown out. Like I'll throw right before, like, get maybe like five minutes in throwing just like warm the arm up um but i'm like superstitious i don't like having anyone throw at me before the tournament just because i have this like thing like if i waste all my good catches before (laughs) it starts and i'm not going to catch anything during the tournament um so that's like kind of the only thing i'm superstitious about is like i don't let anyone really throw at me like that unless i feel like i need the warm-up like no man i need that catch like i'm not gonna do it yeah well, like, I noticed, like, I don't want, I mean, I'm not trying to give anything away to anyone, but, like, I noticed, like, for me, I catch better when I'm not expecting it. Um, Like, I don't know, it's because I, like, probably from, like, playing softball and hockey growing up, like, I have really good hand-eye coordination. And so, like, I'm able to, like, react really quickly to stuff versus, like, if someone, if it's, like, if someone, if I know I'm getting thrown at, like, it's I overthink it a bit, so that's why I don't let anyone really throw at me during warm up, just because uh, I feel like it's not gonna help. I'm just gonna overthink it, like usually. Yeah, no, I know that feeling. Um, sometimes you'll make these catches, like I don't know where that came from. It just felt natural, and you'll see a ball coming like all the way across the court, and you'll just it'll pop you in the chest and drop out. Like I don't understand. I had all day to think about that, and I just I just failed. Um, I totally get that. And I was I was actually gonna ask earlier. If, um, you know, if playing hockey and especially softball in first base might've contributed to that kind of like, um, uh, like I don't say like knee jerk reaction, but just that quick, um, reflexes. I mean, imagine you're getting thrown at pretty fast, um, from first base to make those plays. So I'm assuming that's kind of what helped you 
with your catching? Yeah. I mean, I think with my catching, honestly, what helped was, um, like I, I'm a tomboy, like, and my dad loved it. Like, so we would play catch every day. And like, I think that's how I got my hands. Like nice. I was just playing catch with my dad. Cause it'd be like softball or like with a football, um, or whatever. And then, but definitely like first base helped. Um, I like, I would have to reach a lot though. So that's where like, I would sometimes I'll find myself trying to reach for a ball when I don't need to. And that's just like kind of a reaction from like, when you play for space, like you could have like, it's depending on the play, like the ball isn't always coming towards your pocket. You'll have to reach for it. But hockey helps because tracking the puck, like you have to track the puck a lot. And uh, so that's where I'm like able to track, you know, a ball just because like, uh, it's like kind of the same thing. And I'm like, I remember uh, like before Brenda went to Worlds, like she would throw at me after we were done working out. And like, Cause she'd be like, I need to, if I, I can get you not to catch. So that means I can get like other players not to catch. And I like, would be like, yeah, like make it harder for someone to track the ball coming out of your hand. Cause if I can track it from it leaving your hand, I'm going to be able to track it to where I'm going to catch it versus like, if you make it harder to track, you're not going to catch it. So I think hockey helps with me, like at least like tracking the ball. Definitely. That makes sense. Um, and then you said, so you were getting checked a few for like a, f- a couple of seasons and then you got pulled out of that for like one i played one season of peewee i think they changed it to like bantam now but it was pee back in the day so like around i think 12 years old um gotcha. and yeah i definitely like getting rocked you know learning how to avoid those hits like kind of looking out of the corner of your eye probably definitely helped gotcha i figured it probably helped with playing you know I- dare I say an impact sport where, you know, you're, you're, people are throwing stuff at you. Like you're going to get hit. Um, and sometimes you get popped pretty hard. So I wonder if that might've helped. Um, I don't want to say curb that initial fear, but you know, most people when they played Oswald, they, they're very like, um, unless they've played some kind of sport, um, they're very, I don't want to say timid, but they're very flinchy versus, uh, some people just take to it naturally. Cause it's, you know, the only difference is I don't have a glove on or pads and you're trying to hit me with this ball. Yeah. And I'm just going to move out of the way and not, not be too afraid unless catch him throwing then got help. Yeah. You. Oh my gosh. I remember like, I have a funny story about catch him. So like the first tournament I played in, I, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know who anyone was. Like people would make big deal about someone. I had no idea who they were talking about. <laughs> and the only thing are like, we played McGain's. I think it was like, they were wearing all red. They're from Arizona. I was like, Oh, these guys are from Arizona. They're pretty cool. And then like catch just comes at me with like the fastest ball I've ever seen in my life. And it was kind of head high. And like, it was a rec tournament. I just started yelling at him for throwing high. Like immediately I had no idea who I was yelling at. And then finally someone on my team was like, yeah, that guy's like on team USA and he's really good. And he doesn't care. Like, like he's throwing that high. Like as long as you don't get hit in the head, he won't care. I was like, Oh, like, I just remember that. And then like having no idea who Ketchum was, is that this, I remember going up to him before being like, you have a really good arm. Yeah. He's and then nuts. like, turns out it's just Ketchum. He's nuts. And then thanks to Tyler, he's even scarier. And then apparently he's got this, uh, deviated septum thing fixed. So now he's on full oxygen. So yeah, 2021 is going to be fun with that kid. But, um, I want to ask, so you mentioned brand new and taking back Sunday as some of the songs that amp you up um any particular songs that 
because eventually I will get the Spotify playlist out for people. So if you have like one or two that come back, come to mind from brand new or take. Okay, I got you. Those Give are... me a second. Yeah, those I have, bands like, I haven't I have... mentioned yet. I literally have like my playlist right here. I can start Um. So probably like you won't know by brand new. Um, and then a boy brushed red living in. Can't remember the, the name is so long. Um, a boy brushed in red living in black from Under Oath. And let's see. Um, and then probably like what's it feel like to be a ghost by taking back Sunday. Nice. Yeah. Didn't brand new have like a a poster or an album cover where they're like decked out in dodgeball gear? Um, maybe. I don't know if it was brand new. I'm trying to think who that was. Because uh, I want to say most of their like album covers were pretty dark, other than um their first one, which was. I can look at all their album covers right now. I don't think so. Um, but I'm going to find that album and I'm going to listen to it. Whoever, whatever band did that. Yeah. There's, this is where I, cause I, I don't really follow that kind of music. Um, I don't know if you know Justin Acton, but he, he showed me this one cover of one of his emo bands that had this really cool, like dodgeball set. I'm like, Oh, what team is that? And like, Oh no, it's, it's a band to listen to. I was like, ah, oh, dang. Cause it looked pretty legit. So I'm, I remember it being brand new, but I'll, I'll shoot him a text later and find out which one it was. But um, let's go ahead and go into the, the crowdsource questions. So I wanted to beat Connor off the bat. So I asked who hurt you because I knew he was going to ask this later. And uh, I don't know if you want to address that or when we get to <gasps> Connor's, but the GIF exchange between the two of us cracked me up before I uh, I started recording this. So I saw that. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't have time to go on, like, who hurt me. Um, but I'm pretty numb now in life. I don't really get hurt by anyone anymore. I don't have any feelings left. No, uh, <laughs> I just remember, like, the first time, like, I am really quiet and shy. And I get, like, I love dark humor. And I think, like, I was complaining about something or just, like, stressing out or whatever. And, like, Connor was just, like, who hurt you? And then I realized that's kind of just a thing that, like, like he says to people. And it's funny. And we both like to, like, when we hang out, like, we'll just be sad, like, quote-unquote sad boys together just because, like, <laughs> we're sad and we we don't talk and we wear all black, I guess. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, I was trying to preemptively get Markel, too. I'm like, yes, Markel, the Cowboys suck. And then um, he had said, I wasn't going to ask because I felt bad because of Dak. Are, are, are you a football fan at all or are you aware of what happened with that poor guy? I am a football fan and we did have the game on when it happened, but I was, oh, I think I was at Brenda's house watching football cause her dad has Sunday ticket. Nice. And I was, we were like fixing like a 15 year old, like lots or like espresso machine. Um, and like everyone started blowing up. Like we were on this fantasy league together and everyone's like, yo Dak. I'm like, what happened? And then like, we went and saw it and it's just like that he was being carted off. Um, that sucked, but I'm a Seahawks fan. Yeah, I, doing, I love football. Russell Wilson's my guy. He's he's just disgusting right now. They're they're doing so well, and my God, 
Yeah, watching Russell play was that guy's phenomenal. But um, man, poor Dak. And thanks, Markel, for you know taking the high road and just being quiet during this one thread. Um, <laughs> and we did some respectful <laughs> gifts. Um, I don't hate the Cowboys either. I like. I appreciate. I think that. it's just like. I think it's like the, what the cool thing to do is like to hate the Cowboys. It's it is. Like I'm not going to root for them, but like I don't hate them like other people do. Like I'm not going to like if they beat the the Seahawks, I'll be bummed, but like if they were to beat the Cardinals, I really don't care. Like stuff like that. Like, I don't really care about the Cardinals that much or like any other team to really care. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah, the Cardinals are like my secondary team. Um because they're local, but uh, I will definitely choose the Cowboys any day over them. And uh, I feel like a lot of people will go out of their way to talk crap about the Cowboys more than they'll talk about their own teams. So, like, yeah, I just uh, football season's fun. Um, the Cowboys yeah. are always uh, they're always a letdown. But my only takeaway is yeah, we're very loyal, so we have that going for us. But um, going back to to dodgeball. Um, David O'Brien asks, what are your goals in terms of dodgeball? So you'd mentioned uh, making the combine, but I mean, what else, what else you got that you want to do? De- like, definitely making the combine, making Team USA. Um, and then uh, I, since I only have like one elite season under my belt, um, I want to like, I want to win like the, like some of the premier tournaments um, and like just kind of be what like, I remember, like, when I was getting into dodgeball and taking it seriously, Tyler Greer, like, did the, like, top 30 players, like, top 30, like, foam women's players and no sting and 8.5 and all that. And, like, I wanted to make that list so bad. And, like, that's why, like, last year I was, like, trying really hard to, like, make a name for myself because I wanted to make Tyler's list. And then, like, he just didn't do it. And I was really upset. Um, But, like, just, like, kind of making a name for myself that where like when people are talking about play like certain players like and putting a team together like my name will get thrown into it like that's kind of what i want and i just like i just want to get better and have fun too and like continue to like progress as a player um and i was really really looking forward to like playing with hive and playing with vince um because like learning from him like there's nobody else like better that you can learn from really like who's he's succeeded at every level in the sport and like being able to learn from him, like I was looking forward to that so much. I got to play with him in 2000 or uh, uh, Sin City this year. And like, even though that was a fun little like rec tournament, like to see like how serious he took that, like I couldn't wait to see like how like Premier was going to go and like getting to play with like Casey Reed and like other people I wanted to play with. Um, like that, I was looking forward to that too. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, I don't want to get back into the whole bummer of what could have been, but th- those are some pretty solid um, goals. And I want to go back to so making the top thirty with Tyler Greer's. I know this obviously stormed or would unleash like a, a dumpster fire of comments. But my my answer to this: if you never made the list, then get better. And like I get it. It's there's a it's if you're on the person's radar. Um, could feel like a popularity contest i know we had our our little run-in with um you know some of the hypothetical tournaments that we did uh me and justin where we just had this bias where you know we we see what we see and you're saying just like chris did um you don't want to just be known for for being a catcher so what are you going to do about it and you're i love your approach same with chris like well i'll just try harder until i get that recognition so um i love that attitude i mean the idea this whole 
Dodgeball Tribune articles were for fun. Um, I just, I, I feel bad for Tyler that they would get so out of control and um, it's a bummer. And the thing is like, I feel people want that stuff. Um, I feel like more people complain about it than want those that enjoy it. And, um, you know, I was trying to coax Tyler into bringing them back this year. Maybe we'll see something like that next year. Maybe Premier will do something like that. But those are fun. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just have a lot of respect for you for just saying, I just want to make it. You know, I didn't make it this time, but I want to do it next time. And, yeah. Um, kind of, we'll, we'll go back. No, I mean, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I mean, I feel like in any sport, there's like a kind of, there's a, you know, there's recognition, there's awards, there's like a list of like the top players. And why is it wrong to have that? Just because like, I understand like people's feelings get hurt and stuff like that. And I think that it because it was on like, there was comments made um, that upset a lot of people. And like, given that whole thing, like I, I remember seeing it and like, that was like, oh, this is like dodgeball drama. Like, like that was my first introduction to that. But like, um, like it makes people want to be better. Like if you don't make the list, like if you're serious about getting better and want to be on that list, you're going to try harder. And you're right. Like try harder um, if you want to make the list. And like, it's, and everyone has an opinion too. Like just because you're not on someone's list doesn't mean you wouldn't be on someone else's either. Like, yeah. and just trying to keep an open mind with the whole thing. But like, um, yeah, like I just wanted to like make the list like because it was something to make like I like recognition like even when like I think it was you interviewed um Katie Sanchez like after one of the tournaments and she like my name got brought up and she said I was good and like I fanned out so hard on that because like I look up to her a lot as a player and being like even small stuff like that like fuels me like because I'm so humbled by it and I just like okay like I want more of that recognition yeah and that's I mean Katie Sanchez is a legend so being recognized by her is probably no offense Tyler but so much more substantial than an article maybe it just depends on on your viewpoint but um yeah it's it's just good to have that not validation but just that recognition like you said and um I love how you put it some people have opinions uh just because you didn't make it on one doesn't mean you don't make it somewhere else and um maybe we'll see that next year um but we'll move on to Markel's question um and I was going to ask this earlier, but I'm glad I didn't want to take it away from him. Uh, what's your favorite hockey position? Um, I liked playing center until I play. I got more serious in hockey, and I realized center requires uh, going up and down the ice the whole time, like having to go back on D. When really, I like to kind of like hang back and like play up towards the wing to, you know, if the puck gets out of the zone, I can kind of go for a breakaway. So right or left wing, I I would switch between the two. Um, I think I started playing more left wing when I played in the women's league. Um, so yeah, I'll just say left wing. Gotcha. Then he also asks, is the flying V a real hockey play? No, because the way they do it in the movie, you would be offsides at one point or the other. Like if you could do it, if the puck, as long as the puck is in front of the, the person at the point of the V, as long as the puck crosses the blue line into the zone, before anyone else then technically you could do it but it's really really hard and impossible and if you're a smart like anyone else you have to poke check that puck out of there and it's ruining it for them gotcha so this has never been attempted in real hockey i imagine no like i feel like if i saw like an nhl team do that i'd fire every, like i just get out cut every single <laughs> buy out every single contract that he did that so you're all done get out of here <laughs> yeah this nice 
uh, Markel also asked, is Markel awesome? Uh, I'll let you answer that one. Yo, all right. So Markel, this dude, he's a, like, Markel's a really good guy. This dude loves dodgeball. And, like, he's probably the biggest supporter of women's dodgeball that I've ever met. Like, he he talks about his jersey collection. And I've seen part of it because he brought half of it to Austin. And, I like, that. the last night he was in Austin, he stayed at the at the place we were staying. And he like was so hyped on showing me all these jerseys and he's just like he he loves it and like that's the type of like hype we need to see to like keep the sport growing like he's so hyped on it he's such a good dude he lo- like he supports a ton of people um i can't wait to see how he acts once dodgeball starts up again cuz he started this new like uh this game or him and Tori and uh i think Amanda actually started uh, this like game show theme song thing they do every Thursday that I'll like watch or be a part of. And Markel's ego has exploded. Oh no. <laughs> since this is caught on. Oh my gosh. It's big head Markel now. Like he will let you know that he created the show and that it was his idea. And like, yeah, it's like, I did it recently and I lost to Claire uh, Curry, the uh, girl from Canada. Right. Um, and like he was so ready to like give me crap for losing, like, like he wouldn't even let me like talk after. He just said you lost, you lost. Like, so it's gonna be interesting seeing like uh, the new and I guess like the new and cool Markel uh, take stage whenever we get to like go to tournaments again. Yeah, Markel is awesome. Um, I want to have mine towards the end of this season um, as kind of like my probably should be giving this away, but like my grand finale. Um, so be ready, Markel. We're going to talk about why the Dallas Cowboys are far superior to the Eagles, hopefully by then. Um, no, he, he's just been great. I got to hang out with him during Sin City and um, also in Austin. I saw some of his jersey collection. It is insane. And um, yeah, I, I, I would just basically rehash everything you just said about him. He's an awesome guy and uh, I'm very much looking forward to that interview with him. And uh so I will agree. Concur. Markel is indeed awesome. And going back to that game show. So that's every Thursday. Is that a set time? Uh, yeah. How so do you... every, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, how, how do you, for those that, that are listening, that might be interested, like, how do you find out about it? How do you, how do you join? So, um, Tori Thompson's the one who kind of like, he puts out all the posts for it. So if you want the invite, as long as I think he posts about it. So if you're friends with him, you'll get it. But it's every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. And it's just like two people battle it out. They pick songs that um, like you pick a bunch of songs and pretty much like the judges. You don't know who the judges are until you play and they'll play the songs over and the judges don't know who picked what song. And then they pick their favorite song. And then that's kind of how you do it. Nice. Um, it's fun. We uh it's what the cool part about it is a bunch of the Canadians are involved. And so like, like Sade, Claire, um, Josh, like a bunch of like the dudes up or people up in Canada are involved. Um, Marcy, like all of them. So you get to like kind of hang out with other dodgeball players from around the States and around North America that you normally wouldn't get to really talk to or hang out with unless you saw them maybe once a year. Um, so that's really cool. Like part about it. So, nice. uh, Yeah. I'll try to maybe I'll get like Tori or something to send you guys the link for next week's episode of it. And so you guys can check it out if you want. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a, a follow Tori, so I, I get the the invites and the posts. So, but basically, if you if you're interested and you're listening, friend Tori, and then boom, you're pretty much in. Just follow follow the posts to get in. Um, go back to the uh, Connor Lou. So yeah, he asked who hurt you, and I, again, I lost it when I saw his gift. That was. <laughs> I think I composed myself. That was hilarious. Um, Whitney Pittman asks, um, "What should be the more entertaining reality TV show: Dodgeball Players or Scooter Moms?" Well, okay, I don't know how to answer this without offending. So, I mean, Scooter Moms aren't going to listen yeah. to this. Um, okay, so unfortunately, like Dodgeball Players, like we have our like drama and stuff, but it's it's not that entertaining. Like Scooter Moms, like. So to kind of put it in context, so people understand, like I worked as a team manager for a like a freestyle scooter company, and my job was to manage a team of professional like riders for this company. But scootering is so young, where a lot of these kids are still like 15, 16 years old, so their parents are there, so and it's, it's okay. like I guess the best way to explain it would be if like dodgeball players that play in like elite were like super young and their parent everyone's parents came and they oh, all God. just kind of hang out like whatever and like one parent doesn't like another and there's like drama and like so as a team manager like i'm in like every parent wants to like know me because i'm they're trying to give me the spot to their kid and so i was kind of like this the scooter mom drama is insane like it's new it's like housewives the show housewives but with scooter moms oh my god and it's wild. It's funny. It's entertaining. Um, they're all great people, but like, if there had to be a reality TV show, it would definitely have to be Scooter Moms. I, I'm not gonna lie, I would probably watch one or two episodes, hoping I don't get sucked in, just because I would have to see this for myself. Like, I, when she said Scooter Moms, like, oh, okay, that's maybe that's a typo for Soccer Mom. Um, but then we were talking about scooters earlier. I was like, oh, I see where this is going, and then I'm horrified but very intrigued. So, um, <laughs> man. I think that like came from like Dan Levine and like a scooter mom who are friends with me. Like they're both friends with me on Facebook and the scooter mom and Dan just like got into it on the oh, comments no. of a post. And like, that's how everyone kind of got introduced to the whole like scooter mom thing. Like how the dodgeball players did, they saw that. And I think that's why Whitney asked that. So if we could have Dan Levine on the show, just like being like, I forget the dude's name that like, that like kind of narrates housewives, but that could just be Dan Levine. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I've seen some of uh, I've seen Dan go at it with some people. Um, I want to keep this light, but I mean, I can only imagine now where some of this is coming from with uh with these scooter moms. So, man, initially I thought dodgeball players would be the the better entertaining reality TV show because at some point you'd get dodgeball mixed into them into the show. I imagine, but um, the scooter moms, that's. We'll probably see something like that in the next five years. Who who knows with the team oh, shows for that are coming sure. out now? For sure. I mean, like, there's. I think just a lot of the stuff that happens in dodgeball, like dodgeball, is super clicky, and people are really careful about like kind of the stuff they do outside the dodgeball. I want to say versus like scooter moms just don't care. They'll air out their stuff like to anyone at any time, <laughs> like in front of the parent, they the other parent they don't like, like seconds away from full on brawl happening, like the scene in Mean Girls where like she takes out the the book the like burn book or whatever and like puts it all over to school and it's like everyone's attacking each other like that's what 
like that's where the scooter mom stuff is sometimes like very on the line of that almost happening i have not seen mean girls i'll have to youtube that to get that reference uh or just watch the movie and join the rest of the world um i'll take your word for it though um man that's that's wild that's a good question whitney um thanks for opening my eyes to that again horrifying reality that, that exists um scooter moms <laughs> scooter moms oh good lord um sam hutter um who surprisingly has i think probably the most listens this season um I hit her up on instagram let her know she's like a celebrity now so whatever you did sam good job but she asks um and i love this question so what do you theorize dodgeball to be like when we're able to play again um any big changes or surprises so I guess like a two-part question. So what do, what do you think dodgeball in a post-COVID world looks like? Um, I think at first we'll see a lot of leagues. Well, like I'm just going to base it off what I think it's going to look like in California just because like that's how I'm like what I'm used to. And like COVID's different everywhere all over the states. I think like other states are more lax than others. Um, but I think what we'll see is like some leagues will come back and they'll be outside. Um, I think – We'll see. I think the first league I'll see come back in LA will be the advanced foam just because that's a league where it's only six people on each side and it's, it can be run pretty safely, like with social distancing and stuff. Um, and I think we'll see like the balls be getting cleaned all the time. Um, I think you'll see players wearing masks. I don't think masks will be, uh, required but i think you'll see a lot of people just like more willingly wearing masks and stuff or gators when they're playing um you won't see high fives anymore um i think it'll be more like worlds when like you just kind of exit the court at opposite sides and you kind of walk around and switch sides and not like no high fiving um and i think at first we'll see less attendance at leagues like um, I don't know about like cactus, but I, I'm guessing it's kind of the same, like how West LA, we have maybe like anywhere between like leagues in LA, like anywhere from like 12 to like 20 people on the court on each side. I don't think you'll see that happening for a lot of leagues for a while. I think you'll see more close to like six or maybe 10 at the most once things get better. Um, and I don't know, I think, yeah, just definitely like less social distancing. I mean, more social distancing and uh, a lot of like hand sanit- or a lot of like sanitizing wipes. Like Jake just needs to lock down a sponsorship with Lysol right now. Just get working on that. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, the good folks at my athlete, my athletes box are working on Clean Freak, so that might not be too out of the realm. Uh, I might hit up uh, Justin Cold Cold Run on that or Cold Iron, but. Um, yeah, I mean that's if that's what it takes, it that sounds terrible, but that sounds way better than no dodgeball. And um, I'm looking at so we did a, a precap with Kyle Roth for his one of the East Coast based tournaments that he's having, and it sounds very similar to that. Um, I think it was a six limit, six team limits, um, five players max, and he even said, um, you know, there's a lot of space for teams that aren't playing to like mingle, but not mingle. And I'm just curious, like, if that's a precursor to what we're going to see in the coming months. And, um, man, that's uh, going to be interesting. Like I said, it's just, it, it's something. Hopefully, 
we get to that point, maybe we'll get back to quote unquote normal by May, March or April. If there's a vaccine, um, who knows? Right. But, yeah. um, I feel like this is probably something we can go back to in a couple months from now and be like, Oh yeah, no, Shelby called it pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Brenda and like, cause I want to play right now. Like I'm so desperate to play. I like literally do anything to like play. And I was like, I think we could do it in LA. Like if we did like an outdoor league and like, just like ask people to get tested because in LA you can get tested for free really easily. Mm. Like I get tested once a week, just like I just go and get tested once a week for COVID and I've been negative every single time I've been exposed to COVID multiple times and I haven't gotten it. Um, and luckily, and I think like, if I was just like, Hey, like, you know, encourage people to get tested once a week and, you know, wear masks in between games. Like, and just like don't show up an hour early to like drink white claws in the corner like just like show up play dodgeball and leave like if you really want to play yeah i mean that's if you really want to and with these tests is it the the nose swab or is it temperature temperature check or what was what are those tests um it's so it's like a a mouth swab um so you just like kind of like for 20 seconds you pretty much hit like every crevice you can and like the, your mouth pretty much to get as much saliva as possible and then you like yeah and it, it, you get test results within 24 hours like i just got tested today and i'll get my test results in the morning like um so it's fairly easy i've never done the nose test if i've heard terrible things about it it's awful i had a i was exposed to covid a couple months ago um on base and like it wasn't even that bad the guy was like within arms reach of me and we found out later. So I had to get the, uh, first I had to stab myself in the nose, in the brain, um, a self test. And that was the first negative. And then the second negative, I had some gangly, you know, six, two old major, uh, do his. And, uh, that was very not pleasant. Um, it felt weird going up and it felt worse coming down. I was like, wow, I, I think I'm dumber now. Like you just punctured my brain guy. Thanks. Um, But a, a mouth swab, I'll do that any day if if it brings dodgeball back. Um, the brain stabbing, yeah. maybe 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 once a month. I don't know. That that was not pleasant. But um, we do the temperature checks too, so that kind of helps. But uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, maybe we can, you know, add. I don't want to get too in the weeds of the future, but like maybe if we add like a COVID fee of five bucks per player we can buy these tests um and make sure that they're done and cleared prior to a tournament and that might help but uh who knows That's yeah for, i mean uh, like there's some countries that like you can travel to right now where they require just bringing a negative covid test and like that can easily happen like you could just like schedule a test like i mean it's hard to say because other areas of the country it's so hard to get tested but right. like as far as like air or uh la goes like I could go and get like a copy of like a net. I had to do it for something. I had to show a negative test and I just went and got it. And then it, they sent you the results. And I think like, if we just made it like, Hey, show up with a negative COVID test, you're good to go. Like within 48 hours or whatever, like, I don't know. We'll see how serious people take it. Like if they can actually do it, it's, I mean, you look at the NHL and the NBA, they were able to like do it with their bubble system with no test. There was no, uh positive tests so i feel like if people are just like hey like smart about it and they have the means to do it like it can be done yeah i mean it it would put a lot on the teams but do you want to play dodgeball then do this if not then you know oh well um 
I will say though, um, getting that notification like, "Hey, you were exposed," is, is it wasn't terrifying for me. It was it was more because at the time I lived with Kate Murphy, my roommate. Uh, this was like back in May. I was like, oh, "Oh crap! Like, what if I got her like exposed? What if I gave it to her? Like, that was a horrible feeling." So, um, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that little. I mean, Kate, sur- like I've heard Kate survived a lot of stuff, so I think she would have been good. Just like whatever. But, <laughs> At least I didn't fall like, again. Like I fell off a cliff. I can handle COVID. Yeah, I th- no, I'm but- pretty sure she said that actually. She's like, "I'm fine. I've gone through so much worse. Whatever." But it's still like you, you don't want to be that that guy or or girl to to pass it to yeah. somebody. So, I uh, I went to like I've been pretty careful as far as like what I do because I do like to go to Arizona and see my parents a lot because it's like the one interaction I can do. Um, and uh, I went to watch the UFC fight with this girl I was hanging out with. And like, like I would have never gone if I knew it was like the situation where we like show up and they're all watching it in like their living room and there's no social distancing or mass happening whatsoever. Oh, and like, and like they get they brought like chairs out and I like kind of like put myself away from the couch, but then like this dude ended up sitting right next to me, and uh, he whatever. So like I, he was sitting next to me. Two days go by, and she texts me being like, Hey, like so-and-so just tested positive for COVID. And I was sitting right next to this dude for like two hours. And I was like full on convinced I had it. And I have two roommates too. So I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do. Like I was like full on preparing for a two week quarantine, like the whole thing. And I ended up testing negative. Like I got tested three times that week and I tested negative every single time. And, uh, my friend or the, like my friend ended up hitting her head like later on the week. And I remember going to UCLA to take her to the hospital because she had to get this CAT scan. And like, they were being super careful because of COVID obviously. Right. And I was telling the lady like the situation and she's like, Oh yeah, you're good. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, how am I good? Like I was full on ready to like think I had COVID. Yeah. It parallels like how I felt. It was, it was just, it's, I don't know. It, it, like you hear about it and then all of a sudden it, it could be you and you're just like, Oh, oh crap. And then, um, you start to get that, like that paranoia. And, uh, all I can say is it's been a very interesting year. Um, I, I just want to say for the record, I was, I was double negative. I was, I never had COVID. I'm good. That was back in May. I don't think I talked to anybody back then. So in case anybody's listening right now, that might be afraid. Um, just want to clear that out. So yeah, Sam, I'm good. I've been tested <laughs> once a week since probably like July. first and i've been negative every single time awesome hopefully we get something like that here in arizona just for for more peace of mind but um a couple more questions to to go through um dan levine asks did you ever receive the list and i didn't catch this at first but i think i know what he's talking about and um oh boy i might attempt to to go into this um but i'll leave that up to you yeah i mean it's it's just like a, a Facebook post that um, went off a bit and a particular person kind of got, um, was like the target of the post and she kind of just dug herself in the hole. And uh, yeah, and they were supposed to give me a list of the of reason and I never got it until like two days later, but yes, I got the list and uh yeah, if he wants to know the list, he can just hit me up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the the one thing I 
there's a lot of stuff I don't like about this year. And when Sam asked that question about what does the future of dodgeball look like, I wonder if we're going to be able to look at each other the same again. Um, Cause there's been a lot of division going on, a lot of bad things said. And again, I'm, I'm trying not to go into it too much, but it's, I don't know. It, it's different. I feel like, I don't know, like once you fight somebody, you, you look at them different maybe, or yeah. once you have a breakup, it's just different. Um, it's going to be weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded with a lot of people like given like, I mean, I'll be honest, like I'm a member of the LGBT community. I'm gay. I, I want my rights. I want rights for other people. And I'm very like, I, I will talk about that and I will stand up for it. But at the same time, like I am open-minded to like other people's beliefs and stuff and I will listen to them. Um, and other people kind of won't, but there are a few people out there who have made it pretty clear where they stand. And I feel like given like kind of like, you know, where dodgeball's at and like a lot of dodgeball players are, you know, they lean to it a certain way. Um, it's going to be hard for the people that kind of like shot, like a lot of people shot themselves in the foot via social media yeah. over the last couple of months. And it's going to be really hard for them to come back. Um, and I don't know it's going to be weird. Like, seen a few like i know like one person in particular is retired now and like you won't really see them at tournaments um other people are still playing and it's going to be weird seeing them at tournaments and like seeing what happens and like i know like a few people i probably won't really talk to but like i'm also not like i'm not going to go and like like i'm i like i said i'm very strong with my beliefs but i'm not going to ever like you know put someone down for theirs like i'm just gonna like i you know i choose not to associate with you because of your beliefs but i'm not gonna go and like make fun of you or talk trash about you like too much i'm just gonna not want to have anything to do with you because for me that's better i guess if that makes sense without being controversial like i I mean like that's the least controversial way i can go about it because i don't want like i'm a people pleaser i want everyone to like each other and like when it's like when it doesn't happen it sucks yeah, I agree. It would be nice to, to go back to perform before this when, you know, we didn't really not so much know the political alignments and beliefs that some people had before it got aired or before they shot themselves in the foot. Cause now you can't go back to that and just like, well, uh, can we just pretend that didn't happen? But, um, it's gonna be weird. Um, but back to, back to dodgeball. Um, Markel asks, uh, what was the most satisfying catch you had on a player? Um, there's two. Um, I always feel weird talking about my catches because I don't like talking about myself. But as much as my friends will probably say I do, like in a public setting, I don't. <laughs> but um, the first one I caught Billy Schmidt at Fit Expo in 2018 or 2019. Um, and that was like right before my first elite tournament. So no one really knew who I was besides like LA players and um it was me and koyo uh she runs uh the girls league here in la um it was me and her left on the court and it was like billy schmidt um some other dude and uh kiki and they were like this stacked team that was like just built to win fit expo it was like vince billy um all these like you like national team players or like elite players and Billy, me and Koyo had like most of all the balls. And I was like, all right, let's just like throw at Billy because we have all these balls. And he had a ball in his hand. And 
I'm like walking up to the line to throw and Billy just like throws the ball at me. So I drop both the balls I have in my hand and just catch his ball. And that sways the, like, it goes from being three, two on their side to three, two on our side. And Richard, this big, tall, lanky dude that plays in LA around showtime comes in and like, he lays down flat on the ground for some reason. (laughs) And like, not to get hit and he just gets lit up by Kiki and this other dude. I, I feel bad for not knowing this guy's name. Um, and then, so Richard gets out and it's me and Koyo again versus Kiki and this other dude. And like Kiki just throws at me and then the other dude throws at Koyo and like me and Koyo both caught both balls at the same time. Nice. So like kick them out of the tournament. And it was like a huge upset and that was really fun. And like Tori films all his games. So I got to watch it like everyone's reaction I was watching like that was like my coming out moment I guess for like dodgeball at least in LA was like that like that whole game or whatever and just like knocking out the team that was supposed to win like you can see like Brenda and like uh Alan and then like uh, their team like I'm like on the outline like jumping up and down because they don't have to play uh Billy's team nice (laughs) like and but the funniest part about that catch was uh Lauren Hoffman and uh, Azalea, I guess, told Billy like right before the right before he threw the ball not to throw at me by himself. And he, I guess, he said that oh she won't catch this one, and then threw mm-hmm. it at me, and I caught it. And like everyone made sure like made him like let him know that he screwed up. So that was really satisfying doing that. Um, and then the other one was the uh catch at round three last year where uh i was th- uh, like behind the back throw um i was thrown at and like she did the whole like spin around like brie likes to do it and vince likes to do it where they throw like they turn around and spin and throw and it was just one v one and i caught it and uh that was fun that nice. was a really cool catch but yeah so those two were like my two most satisfying ones that that uh behind the back throw that brie does is ridiculous yeah like stupid i think um i'm i feel really bad because i know the girl personally who threw at me and i can't think of her name right now because like i'm on the spot and i've been really bad about that recently (laughs) um but like i think if she threw at me straight on i wouldn't have caught it like she threw me off with the behind the back throw and that's why i think i caught it because i wasn't like like i said like it was one of those things where i was expecting one thing and not the other and then like she just threw it like spun around all of a sudden the ball's coming at me like right in my pocket and just like caught it yeah you had you had that reflex versus uh the anticipation of like oh crap Bree's gonna unload on me maybe or that one person it wasn't um, Bree. it was uh i can't think of her name it was a girl on blindside um i feel terrible not knowing her name oh oh, it was alam um i can't say i don't know how to pronounce her last name but it was alam she played on uh trophy wives before gotcha and it was richard sprunger right that that was the guy that laid flat for some unknown reason (laughs) (laughs) yeah he just like laid flat i don't know why he did it like i still don't know why he did it like he just would have been better off standing up than laying flat down it's like less room to hit but i don't know like plus it's like kiki like she's really good she's gonna hit you like you're better (laughs) off just like trying to get a ball in your hand oh we didn't have balls that's why we lost ball control because Billy threw at me and I wasn't able to get my balls over the lines. So we had no balls. And that's how he did that. <laughs> just, like, I can, I can picture that. Just 
Oh, thanks, Richard. Um, oh, I'm sure he. Probably, I have the clip. Oh, I, you guys want to see it? Please send that to me. Yes, send that to me or post it on the interview. Um, I gotta see it though because it'll make me feel better for half the dumb crap I've done in my career. But um, last question from Markel: uh, Who is your favorite pro skater? If you have. Oh, one. that's hard. Um, hmm. Andrew Reynolds, for sure. He's a he's a professional like street skater. Uh, he was on like the original Tony Hawk games and stuff. Like he's kind of an OG. Hmm. Um, he owns a company called Baker Skateboards. Um, but yeah, he I just like his style, and he's also um, sober. So like when I was like struggling with all that, like knowing that he like got sober, like it made it really easy for or, like it made it helpful for me knowing that. And, like when I got sober, that like my favorite one of my favorite pro skaters was sober. So like I was able to like that's why like he's a huge inspiration nice actually I, I think i skipped on accidents um i do ask who uh if you had any role models growing up um is it fair to say that he's kind of fit that role for you yeah him and like a few other people um like this is super random and out of nowhere but like russell brand the comedian is a role model um for me just because like uh I don't know. He's like insane, but then also like his way of thinking and stuff. Like he's very, he's very smart, and he's also uh, sober. And so I looked up to him a lot. Um, and then for like uh, hockey, like Shane Doan, huge inspiration to me. Like the biggest, like that dude, best Phoenix Coyotes player ever. Like I still call him the Phoenix Coyotes, but like best Coyotes player to ever be in that franchise and yeah, huge inspiration to me. Like this is leadership alone. Like the fact that like he stayed in Arizona, like through all this bull crap of like the franchise that they went to just to like stay with them. And like, he could have gone, gone to any team multiple times to win a cup and he just stayed like that was inspiring. Nice. Who is this again? Shane Doan. He was the okay. captain for the uh, Arizona coyotes for like, 19 years he was like the law one of the longest tendered captains in the nhl gotcha yeah that's cool um the only coyotes i remember was keith kachuk if i'm saying his name right and, yeah and uh mike kabibbelin i think that's when they first started playing yeah so that's awesome I, you gotta appreciate that loyalty i know uh i think that's the same with like larry fitzgerald and it's like i wish that guy would win a super bowl because he's just such a good dude um so I get that. Yeah. Um, it was like okay. him, Shane Doan, him, like Steve Nash, Larry Fitzgerald, oh, yeah. Shane Doan, and like Luis Gonzalez. They're just like all Arizona legends. Yeah. Yeah, good old, good old Arizona. We do have some some good players. Teams, maybe not so much, but uh, some standout players at least. Um, so about, that about wraps it up for the uh, crowdsource questions. Um, there's a couple that were kind of answered previously, but uh, we'll kind of go through them. So uh, we talked about like your two favorite catches, but do you have a career highlight so far? Um, career highlight. Uh, I guess it's kind of a highlight. It's just or not, but like uh, they might find this surprising. But like uh, Brenda. Karina, Crystal, um, Brianna asked me to play with them at one of the phone tournaments uh, last year, like last August, and like to get to share the court with all those women, like 
was awesome. But I look up to them a lot as players. Like, they're all my friends, but, like, I also look up to them a ton. Um, and to share the court with them and, like, even to be considered to play with them, like, that was so much fun. And, like, I learned, like, that that tournament, like, it was a day tournament, um, that changed my game so much. Like, I remember, like, I never played corner. I always played, like, next to the corner, like, next to the left corner. And Crystal would, like, have me play corner. And she, like, they were, like, coaching me on, like, how to properly play corner and, like, how to, like, if their corner throws, like, you wipe them up. And I was, like, I played really well that tournament. And, like, that was definitely, like, my career highlight. Like, we didn't end up winning or anything like that. But, like, it was just so much fun. Like, um, that or, like, Aztecs, we finally won no sting at NDI and, like, won money and stuff. And that was the first time I ever, like, won money playing dodgeball. That was really fun, too. Nice. Yeah, that's cool that you could um, take the take the court with going back to the uh, Brenda, Crystal, Brianna, and Karina. Like that's, I'm sure you got a lot to to learn or a, a good opportunity to learn from them. Um, kind of echoed what Chris was saying last last week, where you know he got to play with Task Force and he was able to just go in there like a like a sponge and just absorb what he could. Um, plus to be considered too. Like I mean, th- those are the best players right now out there. So, um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, yeah. And like Heidi Chambers is on the team too that tournament, and like I look up to her as well because like she's on Money Shot, and even though she's not playing competitively right now, like I got to play with her too, and like see like see her turn it on and play like at that level, like that was really cool too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's different when you get to see them alongside you versus opposite the court. Um, any of those opportunities are 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 awesome. Um, we kind of talked about what you want to achieve in dodgeball. Um, I think that was covered with. Uh, uh, I think it was a David's question. Um, yeah. Make the combine, making Team USA, obviously winning. If you did win premier tournaments, make a top 30 of lists of some kind, make a name for yourself, break out of the catcher role or um, stereotype or I guess being typecast as a catcher. Um, I guess we could leave it like that unless there's anything else we might have missed uh, for that particular question. No, I mean, that's, you know, just to, you know, have fun too, ultimately. Like, right. Um, a lot of people lose sight of that sometimes and that's what dodgeball is all about like we're not making a living doing this thing like let's not lose friends over something on the court you know like let's just have fun um that's another thing it's like always trying to keep it like as i do take this more seriously also reminding myself constantly that hey like you're just here for fun this is just for fun like yes you can take it serious but you know it's just dodgeball yeah, at the end of the day, it's just dodgeball. It's supposed to be an outlet. Um, just like I said, we're not getting paid for it, so it's a good mentality to have. Um, might be a harder question, but um, what is life like for you after dodgeball? Like when you are done, for whatever reason, you walk away. What do you see yourself doing? Um, I mean, right now everything's up in the air because of COVID. Like I thought I had, like I had my dream job up until COVID. Right. Um, and with this whole thing, it's put me in like kind of, you know, having everything taken away from you at once, like losing my job and then losing dodgeball, like kind of opened my eyes up to like, oh, there's other things in life. And like, so I, right now I'm looking for more of a job that like, it could tighten up my schedule more. Like, cause before I had the, like such a flexible schedule and I could work remote. So I could go to any tournament I wanted to at any time. Like that was never an issue. And like, now realizing that hey like 
I do have these things I want to achieve in dodgeball, but I also need to make a living. And like, I'm 28 years old. Like I'm, uh, like I need to make a living and like all this stuff. And so definitely just like, I want to work high up on like in the marketing department for like, you know, I'd love to work for Red Bull um, and work athlete marketing for them. And like, that's what kind of where I see myself after dodgeball is like working with athletes in some form, if it be professional team sports athletes or action sports athletes. But that's where I'd like, kind of like to see myself. And that's kind of where I'm like trying to head right now. Um, as far as like what I'm trying to do. Gotcha. So, so definitely more of like a, a shift to focusing on your actual career and, you know, ascending more of a, like, just, yeah, basically just focusing on the career aspect and climbing that versus, um, you know, playing softball or some other sport to kind of fill that, that void, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I'll play dodgeball for a while. Like, um, there's a lot of people, like WeHo, there's a ton of dudes that play WeHo that are like definitely older and like, they're having so much fun. So I definitely picture myself like being able to like be on the court when I'm older, um, as long like I'll keep playing until I can't play anymore physically. Right. But as far as like, I guess I gave myself space the, for this year, unfortunately, to like take dodgeball more serious than my job, to be honest. And now that I don't have a job to take serious, I kind of have to like take it back a bit and like try to like, I don't know yet because there's nothing happening right now. So I, like, just trying to figure out a way to like balance wanting to make team USA and put all this work in for dodgeball while also, you know, trying to work full time and, you know, make a living. Cause like I have goals in that part of my life too. Like I want to buy a house. I want to like, I want to get a brand new car, this sort of stuff. I want to be able to travel like, cause for work, I got to travel internationally a lot, but I, it was always for work. So I never really like, I got to see places, but it was while babysitting a bunch of like teenage athletes. So I'd love to be able to like go back to a lot of those places I saw like on my own or like with someone and like just do the tourist thing. And like, I need a job to make money to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's like you said earlier at the end of the day, it's just dodgeball and you, you do need to focus on, um, you know, life and kind of prioritize those things. And that just sucks. So like this was the year that you, you know, focused on putting, dodgeball first and then this happened um, I'm sure a lot of people kind of felt that way especially um, when we see you know what Cancun brought what last year's elite tournament brought um, the announcement of the premier leagues USA dodgeball um, taking over and all that other stuff but um, you never know um, I mean you say you're 28 um, to me that's that's young still very young so um, give it a couple of years and Maybe we'll be talking about uh, some of those things you've accomplished by then, but uh, at least it's um, for what it's worth. You're you know you're thinking about actual reality. I think some people get lost into dodgeball and, and forget uh, to prioritize other things. And I think this has been a good year for people to realize that too. So try to see like the the glass half full when it comes to 2020. But um, on a more dodgeball positive note, um, this would be the last question. What is uh, your favorite dodgeball memory to date? Uh, it could be on the court or off the court um, so far. I got to give me a second to think because there's been a lot. Um, hmm. Honestly, like 
Austin Nationals. That was awesome. Like, it was my first Nationals, and I always hear, like, people talking about, like, getting to meet all the dodgeball players from around the country. Um, But, like, that was super fun. Like, I remember the first night I got there, everyone went to go watch the bats at the bridge, and, like, everyone was there. And, like, that was just so cool. Like, hanging out with everyone off the court. Like, everyone was just kicking it, watching, like, a bunch of bats fly under a bridge. Like, the nerdiest thing ever, but it was so sick. And, like, just getting to go and, like, hang out in a different place with everyone that, like, you see on the internet, you see on Dodgeball Family. Um, and then, like, getting to play a ton of dodgeball, too. Um, that's definitely been my favorite memory, for sure. Yeah, Austin was a great time. Um I'm still hungover thinking about it. Um, oh my God. Yeah. That night, that was <laughs> good Lord. Like uh, I was expecting it to get wild because like, I mean, I'll, I'll pitch in on this. Like I don't drink, but I will still like put my two cents in on the whole, like what region parties the most. And like, yo, like you see what we do at Sin City and any Vegas tournament or just any West coast tournament. Like that doesn't stop when there's dodgeball tournaments. Like, when it's somebody's birthday, like everyone's going in, like they yeah. love the party here, but like seeing all the regions that's mixing the one and like going around to, like different groups of people at night and just seeing how everyone else I like, got down. Like that was fun. That was so much fun. And I just like loved the fact that I got to wake up the next morning, not hung over and just like watching everyone pour into the gym, like half dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're probably smarter um, for that. I will, I mean, I, before I get into it, there, there's definitely been times where I've just like, I've skipped the bar. I'm just going to go home and not regret tomorrow other than just being sore. But like you put being sore and hungover together, you're just in for a bad time. You're just like, God, what did I do? But, um, looking back, I mean, it, it was, it was worth it. Austin was a blast. And, um, I just remember like, like you said, you know, you see names, you talk about them in recaps, you talk about them on the podcast, but you finally put like a an actual face um as you're getting progressive more and more intoxicated and just like it, it's just so cool um i remember talking to jeremy bizzle for the first time and i was just thinking wow this guy's so cool like he's all i know is that crazy clip of him doing that crazy highlight and then um it was just a, a fun time but um yeah austin was 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 great um i think that's all i have um i did queue up in austin deeks dad joke unfortunately not from austin he's actually been mia these last few days so i'm kind of worried but um i do have a dad joke so um this is actually relevant because i did this today so um kid goes dad did you get a haircut dad says no i got them all cut (laughs) (laughs) i locked out of that one because i got my haircut today so uh it was just perfect (laughs) and um Austin, if you're listening, man, I need you back. I need the professional to to get me out of this. So, um, yeah, there's there's that. But um, I guess that, that's all I have. I mean, unless there's any shout-outs that you want to give or, or final thoughts, um, floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, first, like, thanks, Steve, for, like, giving everyone this platform. I think it's really cool. I think you've inspired a lot of people to kind of start doing their own podcast. So, like, the amount of dodgeball content that we're getting when there is no dodgeball is – has been great and I hope it continues when we do get to play again. Um, and then like shout out to everyone in LA who like helped me get to where I am, like people from West LA and other leagues and stuff that just like 
kind of took me under their wing and like helped me grow as a player and then like obviously shout out brenda like dude brenda's the, uh, the best trainer and she's also a fantastic dodgeball player and one of like my best friends that i wouldn't have met if it wasn't through dodgeball and like very grateful for our friendship and um yeah like sh- also like shout out tori like i wouldn't be playing dodgeball if it wasn't for that dude so other than that like that's it nice yeah no i mean those are some good shout outs and um yeah, I think we'll just leave it at that. Brenda, you're awesome. Um, I'm going to stop crushing on her too. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I don't that. want Emily to try to fight me next time she comes back from Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want that. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, well, I think <laughs> what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right, so that was my interview with uh, Shelby Grimness. Um, God, I hope I said it right this time. Um, if I did, I'm so sorry. But uh, I think, I'm, I think I'm, I'm good there. But um Anyway, Shelby, thank you so much for, for hopping on. And, and like I said, I, I feel like you've always been on my radar. Um, we've definitely talked about you with my interview with Ashley and then again with Tori and um, that lost episode of the precap for round one West. Um, so it just felt like you were already like part of the interview series. But um, I'm glad I waited um, until I did because, uh, man, this these two hours flew by really quickly. And um for those listening, me and Shelby ended up talking for about a good 20 minutes after the fact. And that is just one of the many blessings that the podcast has afforded me uh, to include dodgeball in general, just being able to get to know people from all over the place and just being able to uh, shoot the uh, the crap with them um, on a recording format and also offline um, definitely enriches life. And um, considering everything that's going on, um, I, I cannot get enough of it. So anyway, uh, that all being said, if you're listening, thank you so much for doing so. As always, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Test, 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 test. Oh man, I love this song.